the lane, 15-10, touchdown Chargers! What's up guys, welcome into a brand new episode of Chargers Weekly, as always joined by Matt Money-Smith. We're taping this just really minutes after Kellen Moore's introductory press conference as offensive coordinator of the LA Chargers. Money, a, a bit of a stunner compared to you know what we thought uh, the Chargers were going to do last week. You know, you and I talked about pretty much everybody. I think we mentioned Kellen Moore's name in passing, not thinking that yeah, this know. would be like a, a real possibility. But but here we are. Well, I think the one thing that, you know, and by no means am I doing this to say, hey, we know what we're talking about, but I, I think it was evident. You know, we said, hey, either, you know, th- th- they're not crazy about these candidates, nobody has really jumped out at them, or they're just waiting for Frank Reich to see if he's available, and then they'll hire someone. But I think the hiring of Kellen just kind of shows you that, you know, perhaps none of those other candidates really wowed him. And the second Kellen became available, they interviewed, they hired and he was their guy. So I think it, to me, that's encouraging. You know, that means it's an offense they respect. It's an offensive coordinator and coach that they respect. And it's someone that they were determined to not get out of the building. Like we, we do not, you know, their reports were out of Tampa that they desperately wanted him, you know, down there. So he, we know he had other options and the Chargers, the second that became available, um, immediately seized upon the opportunity made sure the compensation was right so he didn't feel like he had to leave and take another interview and locked him up. And, you know, I, so, so like that part of it to me is great. I think had, you know, they interviewed Zach Robinson, nothing against him, but, you know, a week and a half ago and then two weeks later, oh, yeah, he's our OC. I'd be like, ooh, you know, you'd think if he, if he was the guy, you would have just hired him right away to make sure that he didn't end up somewhere else. Yeah, and you, you see McVeigh hire Michael Floor with all these guys already in the building too. You yeah. know, so I'm not saying that they're not great coaches, and you know they won't eventually be offensive coordinators or, or head coaches. But um, uh, good on the Chargers for kind of waiting this thing out and, and pouncing on the guy that was the right guy. And and it's not necessarily the the Sean McVeigh Kyle Shanahan tree. Um, Kellen has a, a really cool background in terms of. The, the coaches and uh, really players that he's learned from. You know, you go back to Boise State with Chris Peterson, um, playing for Jim Caldwell, you know, a quarterback guru, uh, learning from Jason Garrett, who kind of runs that Eric Coriel offense, and then getting an education with Mike McCarthy on the West Coast offense. So he has so many different backgrounds, and uh, I, I know he'll just cater what he does best to this Chargers team. He said, we're going to make the best offense for the 2023 Chargers. So uh, just overall takeaways, we just heard from him, Money. Yeah, you know, I I like that he's a quarterback. You know, I think there's a special connection that can, you know, we talked about that last week as well. Like nothing against, you know, former running backs. It's just you rarely see it. You know, it seems like the most successful play callers tend to be former quarterbacks or offensive linemen, just players that had a lot of responsibilities um, on each and every snap and, you know, centers, quarterbacks, things like that. Um, so I do like that he has that connection with Justin. You know, I, I, I think I do think there is something that's important about, you know, I, I mean, I guess when you're talking about doctors, it's bedside manner. I'm not trying to, you know, compare football coaches to, to that. But I do think there's the ability to communicate, the ability to, the ability to see things, to connect on that level 
not just, you know, someone that played in high school and college, but someone that played six years in the NFL as a quarterback is going to go a long way. Um, in terms of the system, I, I love, like, part of me likes that it's not someone from Shanahan and McVay because then I think you're hiring the system. You're not hiring the person. Um, you know, it's kind of the, you know, we've talked about when, when talking about games, I, I don't like plays, I like players. Yep. You know, go, go tab the player to make the play as opposed to, ooh, I drew this up and this is going to catch it. Like, I think that's what this hire suggests. We weren't married to the idea that we had to hire someone from this particular system. You know, they hired the, the best coordinator that they felt was available and that they were excited to get in here. Um, you know, and, and Kellen and his presser today, you know, w- was asked, you know, what, what's the core, you know, what's the nucleus of the offense? How would you describe it? And, and he, you know, detailed kind of exactly what you just did, Chris. He's like, you know, it's, I've been very lucky to play for all these people and learn from each of their systems and take something from it and, and try to figure out what works, you know? And then he also said, you know, just remember though, that the offense that we're going to run is the 2023 chargers offense. And it's dependent on not bringing my Cowboys offense here and saying, all right, everybody learn this. He's like, I got to figure out what we got. And that's the offense we're going to build. But yeah, you mentioned it, you know, the Dallas offense from Garrett was, he was an air Coriel guy. That's what, what he ran and what he believed in. And he passed that on to, to Kellen. Um, You know, we know coach Pete was super creative at Boise. I mean, one of the most creative play callers that we saw, you know, you think of some of the great trick plays that he would run and, and just, catching defenses flat-footed repeatedly. I mean, Kellen was 50-3 and three at Boise <laughs> State, you know, as a starter. So you've got that success. Um, you know, Mike McCarthy bringing the West Coast offense from Green Bay with him and, and asking Kellen to adopt some of those things. So someone who's got a, you know, sort of a, a, a pretty detailed, um, a, a number of different details on his resume of offenses that he's been exposed to, what he's run, and you can't argue, Chris, with the numbers. I mean, statistically, the Cowboys offense has either been, you know, in 2019 and 2021, the best offense uh, in terms of yards. I think in 21, it was number one in scoring and in yards. Yep. Um, so he's a guy that can, you know, and put some points on a board. Yeah. I go back to the 50-3 and three mark at Boise State. Uh, it, when you have a quarterback or an offensive coordinator, rather, that can – kind of speak the same language as your quarterback. Like, Justin will know, you know, what Kellen has been through, you know, and, and, and vice versa. You know, so so I, I think that that's really important. 50-3, and three, you mentioned it. 142 touchdowns to 28 picks in college. He was one of the best college quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. Uh, so, so to get him in the building with Justin, obviously they have a relationship. We've seen the commercials. The commercials are pretty How good. Is, and that? I, it, is that? Is that just like a, in Idaho? Like, where is that from? Yeah, it's a Northwest. It's a company that's based in the Northwest. And obviously, <laughs> Kellen at Boise and, and Justin at Eugene. And we know how important that part of the country is to Justin uh, and to Kellen, for that matter. And apparently, it was just, you know, in Van Der Esch as well, right? Yeah, Boise in guy. So you got those three guys. Yeah, I think it's a, a regional commercial. And, and you know, in the presser, if, if the people listening or watching didn't see it or hear it, um, you know, Kellen mentioned us three days, that, that they were together for three days and that, you know, he really didn't have a chance to get to know Justin prior to that, um, but felt like he got to you know, know him pretty well over those three days. So that's pretty cool to, to be able to you know, make that connection. And, and you would assume 
you know, it was a, a great interaction because when Justin, I'm assuming, was informed, hey, Callan's going to be available, he probably said, go, go yeah, get him. Let's do this. So there's that, you know, just connection between these two. Yeah. And uh, Kellen was kind enough to to join us on Zoom this morning. And uh, really just it seems like a real likable guy. It's somebody who can get, get along with a lot of the players. He said he, he's texted, he's called players, and he's excited to learn more about the personnel that he has here. Also said that he, he's really happy with the staff that's in place. I think a quarterback coach still needs to be hired money. But what would you make of that? That, that? A lot of these guys that were on the staff last year seem to be uh, going to carry over, I guess. Yeah, so... I mean, I guess I can just go through it for the people that, you know, I, I took a bunch of notes of what other people asked, but I'll just go through what I asked him um, when I had the opportunity to engage with him. I already mentioned, you know, the nucleus that, you know, and uh, of what he had kind of described. Um, but I, you know, I, I decided to end on kind of a light note. I ended up asking the last question. I was kind of half joking. I mean, his, his brother, you know, was under Kalen DeBoer, who's done an incredible job at Washington. Um, they did an incredible job, you know, at all of their stops together. And this last year at, at Fresno State, you know, Jake Hayner's going to get drafted, you know, and he's not going to get drafted on his measurables or on his, his physical abilities. He's a smart quarterback. He was put in really good positions by Kirby Moore, you know, Kellen's brother, um, who was hired as the OC at Missouri. Um, I'd be interested, you know, and, and I said, hey, you're going you're gonna to bring your brother on staff to be your QB coach. You know, now his brother was a wide receiver. He was a quarterback, but, you know, we see that all the time. Um, oh, yeah. You know, different guys from different positions being different coaches. So, like I said, I was only half joking. It's like, look, man, he did a great job this last year with Fresno State um, and with Jake Hayner. So, I, I'd be interested if that wasn't a possibility, um, you know, in terms of, of kind of, that quarterback coach, because you would assume it's going to be, he's going to have a, probably the most input, um, you know, he or 50-50 between he and, and Coach Staley in terms of who they want. But I'm sure, you know, it's going to be someone that Kellen's going to work with very closely. So he's going to want to have some sort of say. Now, you know, Shane Day was a Brandon Staley hire paired up with Lombardi. You know, Lombardi came from New Orleans. Shane came from Kyle Shanahan's staff. So it's possible that it's just someone that, that Brandon has in mind. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's out of the question. I mean, you're talking about, you know, Kellen Moore, who's had four years as an OC. It's Yes, he's young, but guy's been calling plays for four years. So he's got plenty of experience. You could bring in somebody um, that's not necessarily been around the NFL for for a while. So, um, Hey, if it happens, you, you, you've investigated this. You, you kind of pulled this out of the last question, the press. Well, no, uh, well, no, Petros brought it up yesterday. You know, he brought it up because yeah, he called a a couple Fresno state games. And when Kellen was hired, he mentioned, he's like, man, his brother Kirby coordinated the hell out of that Fresno offense. He's like, you know, they were really good. And I just know, you know, from covering the draft that there's been a lot of buzz around Jake, you know, he's down at the senior bowl and there's buzz about, you know, Hey, this could end up being the one quarterback that raises his hand at the senior bowl, you know, don't be surprised. So I know that, um, that that was a possibility. So that's, it was just kind of like me sort of, you know, paying attention to what was happening around me and what people had been talking about. Um, and knowing that, that Kirby, you know, was doing a really great job up at Fresno. Yeah. So Brandon Staley and Kellen Moore were kind of matching with uh, preseason joint practices. And I think that that's kind of where that relationship 
kind of started just you know we have these just so and most people have been to training camp that that watch or listen to this podcast but um if you haven't there, there's two fields there's offense versus defense and you know vice versa on the other side so you know brandon staley calling the defense for the chargers kellen moore calling the offense for the cowboys um these two young up-and-coming coaches uh were kind of matching wits in the preseason so i, th- I think it's pretty cool that they've joined forces and, and Kellen Money was very complimentary of the way Brandon calls the defense and the fact that, that Staley was a former quarterback and can kind of see uh, the game from the eyes of the quarterback calling a defense. So you, you have to imagine that these guys will bounce a bunch of ideas off of each other and uh, that, that iron sharp and iron cliche uh, uh, applies here for sure. Yeah, he, you know, and I think that's, a, that's important. It just goes to show you, you know, these joint practices and, and what teams take away. You know, and just building relationships, finding staffs that you're comfortable with. You know, we know that, um, you know, Sean and and Anthony, Sean Payton and Anthony Lynn loved practicing against one another, just the respect that was there. And and I do think that probably went a long way, you know, in this hire is that, you know, he and and Brandon, look, they're both football junkies. They're both former quarterbacks. You know, it's not surprising that the two of them were, were chatting you know, in those joint practices. And he mentioned after practice, they would kind of hang out and, and chop it up a little bit and talk offense versus defense. And the fact that they're both, you know, like I said, former quarterbacks that, and, you know, that was something he specifically mentioned that he, he loves the way, you know, that the coach Staley calls defense because he calls it through the eyes of a quarterback. And he can see that um, in the way that he calls defense and the advantage that he has in, in doing that. So yeah, no doubt um, joint practices, Went a long way. Um, spending those few days, you know, a couple months before that with Justin, I think went a long way. And and I think it, it shows in how fast this got put together. Just, you know, and he had said, no, this was not something that was bubbling under for a while. He's like, it happened this weekend. We had the talk. Everything was great. And I'm here. So that's, I think that's a product of the fact that there's familiarity and respect, you know, mutual respect from all parties. Yeah, Kellen Moore's getting head coaching interviews uh his numbers kind of speak for themselves but sometimes when you're in a, a position where you have a coach like Mike McCarthy who called plays in a Super Bowl you know you know he he has a way that he calls offense too he thought that highly of Kellen Moore to keep him on staff and to kind of run the offense and listen when you're kind of where the Cowboys are at just like where the Chargers were at you, you kind of hit a wall and you want to mix it up you want to change things up and, and I think that like like Kellen, he kind of nailed it. He just said, "Hey, change can be a good thing," you know. So we mutually decided to kind of go our separate ways. He, he's happy for the way the Cowboys are going to do things, and he's happy for his opportunity. And then it, you kind of push it forward to this 2023 Chargers offense, what it's going to look like. Obviously, we know the pieces that are in place. Um, yeah, like Kellen knows the pieces that are in place. Um, you brought up a good question. Uh, about just the, the way that Zeke and Pollard were used, and he mentioned. Uh, Eckler and everything that Austin's done in this league. And obviously Austin's going to have a, probably a huge year with Kellen Moore calling plays. But that second running back, uh, he mentioned Joshua Kelly, but he also said, hey, we may want to get two or three guys in here and, and see who kind of uh, wins that challenge. Yeah, he's you know specifically said just in his opinion, the days of a 25 carry back are over. So it's, like, it's just it's not, it's not the way it operates in 2023. Um, and I, I do think it speaks – you know, to his to his coaching acumen and to his comfortability with players to say to someone like Zeke and to Jerry Jones who gave him, you know, $80 million, you know what, 
Zinke going to be the bell cow anymore? You know, we this doesn't it doesn't work like that. You know, and and he was paid to be that, and it was an off. Remember of the whole debate about do you pay Dak, do you pay Zeke, and you know Jerry Jones is this is an offense that's built around Zeke Elliott. He's the centerpiece of you know. So you've got a guy who's thirty one that's going to Jerry Jones and saying, hey, I'm I'm glad you handed him that eighty million bucks, but I kind of like running this Tony guy a little bit more, you know, and and I feel like we're in a bet. So to me, that speaks to you know him not caring about you know money plays draft status plays got to make the GM look good got to make the you know because he handed out the extension because he drafted the guy no just whatever man you'll, you'll look good if we win games and then everybody stays employed and makes a bunch of money and we and it's great and I think you know that's what you saw from the Tony Pollard you know emergence and the reduced role and by the way the success just the fact that it worked you know a guy that's going to stick his neck out and say this is the way we need to run this knowing that and you're putting a target on your chest now because you know you're you're taking carries and and you know and opportunities away from someone who's been in the discussion as the best running back in the league. So that's you know I think that's very exciting to me, you know, because I think that's such an important part of being a coordinator is not being afraid to call um or you know to call upon a player or to call a play that that you believe in because of consequences, you know, fear of consequences and just playing it safe and being like, well, of course we handed the ball to Zeke 25 times. He's our bell cow. You know, that's what we do. And then the, then the blame, you know, or the analysis can fall upon the player as opposed to the play caller. So I, I appreciate that from him. And, and look, I think Josh, we talked about it, you know, Joshua Kelly, I thought had a very good year with the opportunities he was given. Very excited about what he's going to be able to do, you know, to be that hammer, for for Kellen Moore and, and Isaiah Spiller for that matter you know you're gonna have three backs in camp you know who's the fourth don't know but I, I think you're gonna have Spiller and and Joshua and 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 Austin and it's I, I'm very excited about them you know running in this this Kellen Moore offense yeah first of all Kellen got Tony Pollard paid Where, wherever he's going in March he's yeah. gonna get a big he's gonna get a big pay bump because it's easy to keep a guy in when he breaks off 30-yard runs, 50-yard runs, 60-yard receptions uh, on a weekly basis. The way that Zeke and Pollard complemented each other was really the reason why the Cowboys were so successful this year because, you know, Dak had his interception issues, and frankly, Kellen's getting a different quarterback in Justin. Justin can push the ball down the field. It may have been you too, Money, who asked the question about speed with, with Jalen Guyton going did, down yeah. and how important speed is um, to an offense. Um, those are things that I think will be decided here in the next couple of months, whether it be free agency or the draft. Maybe that, that extra running back is someone they draft. Maybe the, there's a speed receiver in the draft or free agency that the, char- the Chargers will target to really complete this 2023 offense. So, um, you know, he was complimentary at the line. Obviously, when you have Corey Lindsley as your all-pro center and Rashawn Slater coming back, um, young pieces like Trey Pipkins and, and Zion, um, that's a good thing. Um, but I, I do think that there's uh, just a, a lot of pieces to this pie that are still out there that we will see in free agency in the draft. And you better believe Kellen Moore is going to have a big say in kind of the personnel he wants to see. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt there's a speed receiver in their future, you know, based on yeah. his answer. He just says, oh, you can't coach it. It changes everything. So I think you're going to see, you know, at least some depth there um, beyond, you know, Jalen. Got to get a fast guy out there. He did mention, though, a, a lot of what Coach Lombardi and Staley had said that, you know, there's there's other ways to get the ball downfield. You know, obviously you can't argue with, 
you know, Mike Williams' ability to win 50-50 balls. He talked about the route running of Keenan just and how easily he gets open. He's like, that stuff, you know, that's, yeah, that's legit. There's ways to get the ball downfield with that. He said, but you can't coach speed and raw speed is important. And, and that leads me to believe. And look, I think the one thing to remember too is like, you know, look, there's free agents on the Cowboys, you know, that yeah. could be interesting. You mentioned Tony Pollard. You know, I think that's probably going to be a little bit too much of a big ticket item. But, you know, maybe it's Dalton Schultz, you know, who's played really good tight end down there. He's a free agent, you know. Um, it could be, you know, a lot of times, look at what Coach Lombardi did by bringing Chase Daniel with him. You know, maybe he brings Cooper Rush with him. Um, you know, so you're and, – and then just like look at Ryan Ficken, right? He brought J.K. Scott over. And said, hey, this guy was – so you've got a new set of eyes, uh, to, to some degree a new scout to help out Tom and, and this, in the front office of, hey, these are, these are some players that maybe were underappreciated, much like J.K. Scott. Eh, you know, I know the numbers weren't pretty, but I, I had to play against him, and I know how good – you know, and you saw how that paid off, how, how much that paid off for the Chargers this year. So I would be very surprised if we didn't find players that were in Kellen Moore's orbit on this roster, you know, be it backups, depth pieces that can help teach the offense. Like to me, I, I think, you know, I, look, I would love for Easton Stick to be back. I, I do think he's been real important to Justin um, in that quarterback room. He's an incredibly smart player. Um, How many wins does Easton Stick and Kellen Moore have combined money? Yeah, Is right. it ni- like 96 wins in college or something crazy? Or what, That's a what good was- what was Stick, 49 and 3? I think Stick, I think Easton was 49. So you got 99 50, wins between them. So you them. got 50 and 3 and 49 and 3. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, like, you know, that'll be interesting because that's, yeah. that, look, the reason Chase was on the, on the roster was because of Coach Lombardi, his just knowledge of the offense. And Justin certainly appreciated that. So, like, I could see that happening. A former backup in, in Dallas end up coming over. Um, I do think tight ends, look, we know how important tight ends are. I mean, geez, we just saw it, you know, and this Dallas Goddard and Travis Kelsey and how important Hayden Hurst for the Bengals, you know, George Kittle for the 49ers. I mean, look at the conference championship games. So that's a possibility. Um, Didn't DJ have the tight end from Utah in his first mock? Dalton Kincaid, yeah. Yeah. And I I know I've mentioned it here. Look, I'm – I, I'm looking through uh, red-tinted glasses because I called the game against USC when he had like 260 yards in that win, and they had absolutely zero answers for him. So draft-wise, I, I think the other thing to remember too, Chris, is just how important the O-line is to Dallas and how important that was to their success mm-hmm. um, and how much they invested in the offensive line repeatedly, interior you know, Travis Frederick, Zach Martin on the edges, Collins and Smith, you know, so, and he mentioned Corey by name, you know, someone that you repeatedly bring up. He just, you know, that when he was asked about the offensive line, the first thing he said, he goes, look, when you got someone like Corey Lindsley, man, that changes everything. And, and he mentioned how valuable he is. So, you know, you know, that's something that he's looking at. Um, and, you know, when you look at just what's available, to him, I'm not saying it's it, – Zach Martin's probably the best interior lineman. Um, he's in the conversation with Quentin Nelson. You know, Nelson had a bit of a, you know, a step back this past season. So you're talking about someone that knows how important interior line play is, um, that obviously with Tyron Smith knows how important having that left tackle is. And I think he ends up kind of getting, you know, with Slater, someone very similar to Tyron, just set him and forget him. 
He gets a great center. And Corey Lindsley set it, forget it, and, and now he can play around. He kind of like how he did in, in Dallas with Trey and Filer and, and Zion or however, however that, you know, and whomever that, that kind of how that, how that equation gets put together. But I think that's something that, that's worth watching as well. I like your point, though, uh, about the fact that Kellen has, has seen a lot of other offenses, offensive pieces throughout his time with the Cowboys. Similar to like Staley. When, when Staley kind of remade this defense in year two, he, he had guys that he had either coached before or ha- had coached against, um, whether it was J.C. Jackson or Bryce Callahan or you know guys from the Rams, Sebastian Joseph Day, Morgan Fox. Um, so maybe it's not necessarily a Cowboy, but maybe it's somebody in the NFC East that uh, that was given yep. the Cowboys fits or, or somebody in the NFC that the Chargers didn't necessarily cross paths with. So I, I like that aspect of it. All in all, I, I, I do think it's, it's, it's refreshing. I think it's a refreshing hire. Um, it, it's not exactly that, that McVay-Shanahan mold. Uh, you're getting a, a mix of different trees. And frankly, I think Justin can do everything. And if if there's some Air Coriel mixed in with some West Coast offense, I think Justin can uh, can accomplish everything that Kellen wants to put out on his plate. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and again, I think for unfortunately, you know, sometimes you know the lasting impression is is the last impression. And we all know what that final play was for the Dallas Cowboys with Zeke at center getting buried in yeah. the ground. Yeah. on that third and long and. Just, People you know, just like to make fun, though, man. Like, what, what were they going to do? Obviously, it was a terrible. Exactly, I mean, it, it, it went horribly win wrong. That game. But come on, um, it's a bad look. But whatever. You're not going. I think it's much more important to, to remove that one play, and instead focus on four years. And when you combine the four years, it's the number two overall offense in the NFL behind the Chiefs. That's what Kellen Moore coordinated. Um, you know, and, and if you look whatever numbers you want to go through, our friend Eric Smith at Chargers.com, you know, did a, a great piece on on the website, um, just kind of about what to know about Kellen Moore. And if I had it up, I'd be able to go through it because he did a great job. Um, but he, one of the things that he brought up was just, okay, how do you want to how do you want to break this down? Yeah, here you go. Five things to know about OC Kellen Moore. He's like, however you want to break it down by the numbers, um, here's what they are. And it's uh, and it was EPA like I think it, I thought it was there. Maybe it was a different. It might have been a different. Yeah, it might have been a different article. I wish I could give credit where it was. But read the one from Eric too. Eric was um, good like, too. Yeah, they talk about you know expected points added in the passing game, expected points added in the running game, expected points added on third down. Like all of that was broken down, and the Cowboys were top ten in everything. So you're talking about somebody that coordinated an elite offense. Now he had elite pieces. Pollard, Zeke, CeeDee Lamb, you know, Michael Gallup. There's good players out there. You know, Amari Cooper, you know, no doubt about it. But he's got good players here. Like, that's that's my pushback to that. It's like, well, you know, they invested heavily on offense. You know, draft capital, free agency. You know, they they did not they, they did not hold back when it came to putting an offense together. And it's like, well, yeah. And he's coming to a place that's got Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, like, He's got weapons here. And so it's, you know, those two things. And I'm guessing that was a big part of why he chose this job as opposed to, you know, just doing the, you know, kind of doing the rounds and seeing if he could maybe maximize a little bit more money here or there. My guess is he just looked at the roster and was like, yeah, this is going to work. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. On the other side, uh, we'll talk about some other big news in the NFL. The division may have just got a little bit tougher. 
All right, guys, if you've been dreaming of going to the Super Bowl, there's only one way to get official ticket packages. On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL, they offer exclusive access to 50-yard line seats, official pregame parties next to the stadium, postgame field access, and much more. Visit NFLOnLocation.com or search NFL On Location today. Your Super Bowl experience of a lifetime awaits only with On Location. So, Money, the Pro Bowl, the new look Pro Bowl is this weekend, and Justin Herbert would have gone, but he had surgery on his labrum. It was announced by the team uh, over the weekend. Uh, doesn't look to be serious, should be ready for offseason activities, um, but still a big piece of news. I think it was the left one too, right? Left labrum, so not his throwing yep, arm. Non-throwing. Um, yeah, you know, it's, he'll be fine. You know, he'll be fine. The one thing that kind of jumped out at me when I when I saw that is well maybe that explains why you don't necessarily want to uh drop your pad level lower your shoulder on a QB sneak and and get in the middle of all that you know if you've got a, a busted up labrum and it's not feeling great the last thing you want is some 320 pound guys beating on as you're trying to get your pad level low sure. um that was one of the first things I I thought of um oh by the way just you know I did ask uh Kellen, coach, coach more about QB sneaks. Um, and I think it's, it's not just going back to our conversation about Jacksonville, but just what Philly does, you know, and you watched Philadelphia in that game against, you know, San Francisco and they just couldn't stop them. You know, any quarterback sneak was, was, you know, and just kind of what the rules are. And I think Charger fans will be happy to know. He's like, Oh yeah, we, we sneaked the hell out of the ball in Dallas. Like we did it all the time. He's like, there's just such an unfair advantage with the rules being the way they are where you can get big guys behind you pushing the pile. He's like, there's a reason why you see Philly. And, you know, he had to see it twice a year. So I think if you're wondering if he's going to call jet sweeps on third and a half yard, uh, it's not going to – he even said, like, he goes, I just don't – he said it doesn't make any sense to hand the ball to a running back that's five yards behind the line of scrimmage when you've got the ball three feet away. I mean, that was his exact answer. So um, I was very excited by that. What's um, what's so ironic about how successful Philly has been with quarterback sneaks is that Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni were with Philip Rivers for years with the Chargers, right. and, and Philip refused to sneak the ball. He, he wouldn't do it. Yeah, he, he wouldn't would do not it. do it. He got and a hand was, injury one year opposite. doing it, and he was like, "I'll never do it again." And he like busted yes. a thumb or something like that, or a finger, and he yeah. said he would never do it again. Yeah, it's funny. That's a great call. But, uh, and and now Shane and Nick more than any. It's, it, Historically, like historic numbers yeah. from Philadelphia this year. It had never been there had never been that many sneaks on an offense. It just goes to show you they're like, eh, boy. Mm. I see. Look, I'm a jerk, but I would just I'd run somebody else out. I'd be like, all right, Phil, get off the field, get in there, get you in know, there. Charlie Whitehurst, get in there. Yeah. You're sneaking. Excuse <laughs> me, you Clemens, me? get in there. Kellen, get out there. You're sneaking <laughs> the ball. You know, that's how I would have dealt with that. <laughs> so, I'm not kidding. Like I 100 percent would have. So the Pro Bowl games now, uh, Derek Carr is your Pro Bowl AFC quarterback money. Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley. Who, who threw two <laughs> touchdown passes. Now remember, there's no Pro Bowl this year. They're like the Pro Bowl is. The Pro Bowl games. It's, it's, it's a carnival. It's carnival games. It's like egg toss, three-legged race. Balloon, um, water balloon. Well, yeah, yeah, water balloon toss. It's, uh, you know, a dunk tank. Or something along those lines. So yeah, it's uh, they're try they're trying to. The thing about the NFL for those that want to make fun of it and say why are we doing this? Because nine million people watched it last year. Because it'll That's rate why. it'll rate higher than an NBA playoff game. The, <laughs> you know? the, the Laker Clipper game was a one point three rating, one point three. Mm. 
the Pro Bowl got 9 million viewers for a game that everybody knows is ridiculous. So maybe this year will be interesting. Who knows? Um, It'll still be a bananas rating, I'm sure. Yeah. But yes, to your labrum thing, that's that's the first thing that popped it in my head is, and eh, maybe that's why I didn't want to sneak it, got to bust it up, labrum. Yeah, good point. All right, on to the Broncos. Sean Payton is going to the AFC West, going to Denver. Um, a trade, so it's it's a first round pick to New Orleans this year, and a second next, and then the Saints will give the Broncos the rights to Sean Payton and a third round pick, I believe, in twenty twenty four. So that's how it works. A, a big price to pay but uh broncos ownership i think they knew they needed to hit a grand slam knowing what happened with russ this past year yeah look i mean he's sean payton's one of the great offensive play callers in the history of football i mean not just currently in the history of football and those saints offenses it didn't matter who was out there you know what the injury situation was at wide receiver at running back at quarterback i mean that dude was putting up points um you know probably should have gone to a second super bowl you know, on the wrong end of a bad call against the Rams when they went, you know, back in 2019. But Mikel um, Roby Coleman. Exactly. You know, but won a Super Bowl. Won a Super Bowl being bold, right? Open in the second half with an onside kick. Like, he's he's legit, and that is a big hire. You want to talk about an upgrade from Nate Hackett to Sean Payton, it's there. Now, having said that, man, there's a lot of pressure. And I'm not saying – you know, nowadays the the cliche is pressure is a privilege. Well, you know, when I grew up, pressure burst pipes. That's what I used to hear from my coaches when yeah. they could look in your eyes and be freaking out. Um, you got two number ones or three number ones and players that were traded for Russell Wilson. You got a guy that's got, you know, $140 million of guaranteed money left. And now you're going to give, you know, According to the rumors, twenty-one to twenty-three million bucks a year, and another one and a two of draft capital for this guy. It better work, man. It better work because if it doesn't, whew, that is a lot of money, and it is a lot of draft capital. What, what's the years? Did, did we hear the years? For I that? haven't seen it yet. Yeah. The the, the more inter- like the most interesting thing to come out of that for me is, and I haven't looked today, but as of last night, Ian Rappaport was not backing down. From his report, you know, the Broncos called him out, said that it is patently false, that it is completely fabricated, but it was still there. And he said, you know, the Broncos were scrambling. They had a secret meeting with Jim Harbaugh, trying to convince him to take the job. He declined. And then they doubled back and tried to convince D'Amico Ryans, you know, hours before the Texans hired him to take the job. And he said, no, I'm going to Houston. And that's when they pivoted back to Peyton uh, and gave up what the Saints wanted and gave Peyton what he wanted. So that's, if that in fact is true, man, that's again, pressure. Like, yeah, we, I you think know, you, sp- you, you spin that to Sean Peyton by saying, Hey man, like we, of course we wanted you, but we have to give up so much to get right. you, you know, hundred so percent. Like, that's, that's the reason why we're, we're yeah. looking at all options here. I mean, but that's what I mean. Like that's, they didn't want to give it up. Yeah. They're like, man, that's yeah. too much. We don't want to be paying this much, and we don't want to be giving up this draft capital. We're already sure. So that's what I mean. Like, that's the amount of pressure yeah. that you're not under. Like, they didn't want to do that, according to Rappaport. But they did because they got, you know, the guy that is, the two guys that they really wanted, Harbaugh and, and Ryans, turned him down. And, and so, this was so. So what I want to know is who's going to be the backup quarterback in Denver? Who is Sean Payton going to bring in 
to challenge Russ. And, you know, may, maybe it'll be Russ's job, undisputed going in, but you have to imagine Sean Payton took a year off. He watched a lot of football this past offseason. He has relationships with quarterbacks throughout the league. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be a guy from the Saints like a Jameis Winston it could be maybe, uh, but, but is there going to be a quarterback that comes in there that knows Sean Payton's system that can potentially push Russell Wilson or at least make it a little bit uncomfortable for him in training camp? I mean, I suppose, you know, I don't know what the number is on Taysom Hill. You know, it's a weird contract, so I don't know what that looks like. Um, but I can't imagine Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston – you know, pushing Russ. Um, yeah. We do know that Sean is, look, he's aggressive. He's abrasive. So he's, you know, and I think that's one of the big, I think that's why, you know, you saw Jim Harbaugh, you saw Sean Payton, you know, guys that they knew were going to get into Russ and not, you know, cater to him, be intimidated by him in the least. Yeah. Um, and I think for D'Amico, you could just see his relationship with players, how good he is with players. Um, you know, and perhaps that was the other approach. It's like, all right, well, this maybe this is the way we handle it. But um, look, it's an upgrade. It's a big. I don't think there's any two. There's no other way to spin it. Uh, Sean Payton can call offense, man. Um, and if you, you know, I, I don't know who who else they could have hired that I would have been like, yeah, that's a better option for Russ and the offense. Now, remember, look, he. We know what Sean Payton's offense looks like because we just saw it for two years. That's not what Russ does. You know, there have been countless people that have tried to get Russ to get the ball out quick, to throw on time, and that's just not the way he operates. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what Sean does, you know, to try to maximize what Wilson has going. You keep in mind, too, uh, Tim Patrick got hurt before the season started, Javante Williams, yeah. so I think they need to really center that offense around once he's 100%. Yeah. Um, you know, Sean Payton's going to have those two guys to add to the stable of uh, pass catchers that they have in, in Denver. And uh, Final thing, Tom Brady, it looks like this is it now. Uh, it looks like he is retired finally, 45 years old, 23 years in the NFL, 10 Super Bowls, seven titles, every record imaginable. Um, don't think we'll see number 12 in an NFL uniform again. No, I'm, you know, and my takeaway is I, I was convinced he was going to the Raiders. That is everything that I had heard, that that was done. That, that he there was a to report today that he was never going to leave the Bucks if he stayed. But, I mean, yeah, that's knows? what's so strange. So, like, for me, that's what jumps out at me. Is okay now. What do you do if that's what? Because I think that's a big reason why they sat. You know, Derek was just to kind of signal, hey, we're we're open for business. You know, so now I don't know what you do. You know, is it is it Garoppolo? Is he able to stay healthy? Do you draft a quarterback? I mean, I can't imagine that with Devonte Adams, who's thirty. With Darren Waller, with Josh Jacob, like this, this offense is ready to go. It is not ready to. Aaron Rodgers needs. Is Aaron you know, Rodgers uh, a name? I mean, yeah, I suppose you could do the Aaron Rodgers thing. That would make sense, right? Get him out there to 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 pair him, and that way you get him out of the a NFC. So that that works. Um, they get a couple picks back. Um, yeah, you know, so maybe that's the that's the path. Um, you know, and you're cutting. 40 million bucks in salary and you're bringing in 40 million bucks in salary. So that works too. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good call. Maybe that's the, uh, maybe that's the direction they'll go. Can you imagine you got Russ Mahomes, Ooh. Herbert and Aaron Rodgers. Oh, let's go. Vision. Sign me up. Love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Love it. Oh man. 
All right. Anything else? I think next week we'll talk Senior Bowl. Kind of get uh, get reactions from from the sure. week that was and the game. You know, it's it's so hard right now because you get these practices midweek and you'll yeah. hear who's who's hot, who's not, and we can get a kind of a full picture next week. Um, DJ's down there, right? Yeah. Follow at Move the Sticks. Yeah. Uh, he'll keep you updated. Uh, him, our friend at Bucky Brooks, both down there with NFL Network, so they'll uh, they'll keep you in tune to to who's who's showing out just like Justin did a few years ago at the Senior Bowl. Exactly. A lot of, a lot of former Senior Bowl guys on this Chargers roster. So, the, the, you know, I, I think all 32 teams really value that game, but the Chargers have really gotten some, some good talent from Mobile. So we'll, uh, we'll recap that next week. Money, appreciate it, bro. Um, appreciate you guys watching and listening. Uh, for Money, I'm Chris. This has been Chargers Weekly. Chargers Weekly.